Hey guys, welcome to episode 57 of the JV Club with the magnificent Lucy Davis. This is a very exciting one for me to do, guys. I'm sure that, like me, you are huge fans of the British series The Office. Not to say that the American version isn't fantastic as well, but uh, did all begin with the wonderful British version uh, starring, among other fantastic performers, uh, one Lucy Davis, who's also been in a ton of other stuff that I love. Um, that's probably how she's best known here in the States, however, so that is how I am cad. Uh, characterizing her here. I almost said categorizing her. Guys, listen, sometimes I don't say the right words. I think we all know that to be true. Um, I don't have as many shout outs today because I am behind, 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 but I do want to uh, give those that I am prepared for today, which uh, include Karen B, who sent me an amazing uh, JV slash Cora drawing that I have posted on Facebook and Twitter. I'm in love with it. It's so great. Um, I also wanted to congratulate and thank Hannah on doing her presentation. I hope it turns out great. Um, uh, it's uh, related to the Julian episode in part. Uh, I want to thank Kaylee H uh, for her email. I want to thank Liz for sending me a picture of a 15, count them, 15 layer cake. Um, I want to thank Nita C. Nita, thank you so much for taking on uh, putting together the JV Club Tumblr page. It's something that um, we haven't really jumped into as much yet, but I'm excited to have that out there as well, and we'll be building to it and uh, building on it, adding to it. Words are not my friends right now. Um, and I want to thank Sarah G for emailing me and congratulations on your one woman show. And then on Facebook, I want to thank Tom L. Schmoo, Jenny L. Russell and Michelle, who, uh, said that she embarrassed me by forgetting that her cell phone was not turned off. And apparently the, Hey guys, ringtone, um, interrupted a lot of people's uh, experience in a closed environment. And I know that Rebecca L said that the same thing happened to her. So, in fact, when I should be embarrassed, I'm instead delighted. Uh, let's get right into this episode, guys. Uh, I do want to say that the Cora DVD Season 1, Book 1 release will be July 16th. IGN just did a feature on it. I want to acknowledge that Neil's Puppet Dreams and Burning Love have both received Webby Award nominations. I'm very excited about that. And uh, please, I encourage you to revisit Neil's Puppet Dreams. Perhaps you are hearing about this for the first time right now uh, because you're new to the podcast. I welcome Welcome you to check out on YouTube Neil's Puppet Dreams with Neil Patrick Harris, the web series that I co-created and produced and wrote uh, with a wonderful group of people. I want to also uh, remind you that the Burning Love uh, season three premiere is April 12th. I am on that season and it was a complete and utter joy to shoot. So uh, look for that on yahoo.com. And season one of Burning Love is still airing on E, I think. Um, okay, guys, I'm going to uh, bid you farewell, except that I'm seconds away of you hearing my voice again for episode 57 with Lucy Davis. Bye. Now entering Nerdist.com. I am 
once again on the floor, I want to be very clear that I was not uh, driven to the floor by my podcast guest, but I am a guest, in fact, in her home. Thank you for having such a, a padded, comfortable, shy rug. This is what I sit on at home. So it's my pleasure. I, I, I dislike good. guests sitting on my my actual sofas, so I provide them with good rugs. I really, really appreciate it. This has worked we out. We don't say rugs, very though, do well. we? Oh, we do. Yeah, you say we rugs. Do. Okay, you yeah. can say carpet or rug. Oh, because we, I, I say rug for blanket. Um, and oh. so people think I'm literally getting things off my floor and putting in my shoulders. <laughs> Wait, yes. so blanket and listen, I can't believe we're already getting right into this. Like <laughs> if we start talking about lifts and lorries, I should lifts shut down this lorries. podcast right now. But you were the one who brought it up. So you're telling sure. me that in the UK, you say a rug when you're speaking of a blanket. Yes. And I may well be corrected by people from England, but yes, I definitely would say, do you want a rug? to keep yourself warm yeah and then i get greeted with either confusion or then other people's impressions of how british people speak. <laughs> well what do you call this a rug in britain yeah i mean it's so blanket <laughs> i can use it I for several i feel things. that i feel that uh, right now we're already seeing that there's a huge problem with the, with the language there because mm-hmm. it's only makes sense that someone would think why would you pull something off of your floor and put it, it on me? It does make sense. Um, and do they also, when you, because we call a uh, oh, yeah. rug as well. Do, yeah, that's right. My gosh, I never realized before you came here, Janet, that rug was such a flexible word. Listen to me. And we would be discussing it. Well, we've got one hour left and Fabulous. I don't think we've even come close to cracking what we're talking about. we got to crack <laughs> into this straight away. Um well, to be very clear, I don't need a blanket. Okay. I cool. don't think you actually offered me a blanket, but <laughs> I, 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 it's, I, it's a nice spring day. Thank so. you so much. And if I do, I'll just tuck right under this mm-hmm, rug. Mm-hmm. It's Jewel. And see what happens. <laughs> um, it's Jewel. It's Jewel. Uh, Lucy Davis, thank you so much for doing my podcast. Thank you what for a joy. Me. Thank you for having me as a guest in your home. I think I've already established that with a listener. But we can be thanked again. That's thank fine. you. I want to yeah. thank Gracie, a very, very cute uh, black cocker spaniel. Co- yep, she's a cocker spaniel, five and a half, who I mentioned earlier. I wanted to call Angela Lansbury. Full name, though. Love it. She I has know. a bit of an end. I mean, did you do that because there is a sort of uh, no. cocker spaniel? Uh, <laughs> Look at Angela Lansbury. Yeah, because, and I did, I do love Angela Lansbury. Right. Yeah, I. I I, I love murder she wrote, but I also love her doing Mrs. Lovett in, in Sweeney Todd, and it's my favorite yeah. musical. And you know what? I was just thinking about her the other day because I was telling someone about um, the world of Henry Orient. Have you seen that movie? No. It's no. an it's kind of an unknown movie, but she's in it. She's a villain, not unlike uh, Manchurian Candidate, right? She's right. sort of not so good in that uh-huh. one either. She's like a bad bad guy. I haven't she seen the original in a really long time. She's dual. She's like a rug. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Angela Lansbury, she, the rug. <laughs> oh, she is. She plays a very uh, mean. I think she's either a mother or a stepmother in the world of Henry Orient. But that is a movie with Peter Sellers. Uh-huh. Um, in the titular role, and it is a movie about um, two young girls who are the best of friends. I think they're probably like 14, mm-hmm. and they uh, somehow uncover where this movie star, Henry Orient, played by Peter Sellers, lives, and they create this sort of world of kind of spying on him, and he's up to no good in his personal life, and so it's actually quite inconvenient yeah. that they are spying on him, and so that's this sort of madcap yeah. comedy, but it's not as... It's got a lot of heart, and it's not as 
as silly as like the Pink Panther stuff. Right. I, I think it kind Pink of came Panther. after that. I know, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe not so much the Steve Martin version. I didn't even see I them. I didn't actually see that. Um, I grew up on Steve Martin films and Steve Martin comedy. Me too. Yeah. He's Everybody who listens to the podcast knows I had a wall of just oh, pictures and Martin. albums. He was my crush. Fabulous. He was my. He was a very serious crush from as long as I could remember. My dad had um, a signed photo of him on the wall in his office at home, and my dad at home is a comedian, a stand-up comedian. Oh, he is. <laughs> he is. And um, Steve Martin had written on the photo. Uh, dear Jasper, you're the funniest man I never met. And, and they obviously never met. I cannot remember how that photo came up, but I kept looking at it and it was the picture of Steve Martin where he has all the, like the balloons on his head or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was the cover of one of his his albums. albums. It's black and white. And then there's like yellow writing. Yeah, that's right. Nerd pointing to self. Yes. (laughs) Ditto. And I had that album in a LP. Yeah, Yeah, me too. But yeah. I don't. I certainly don't have a note that he wrote to my father. That's <laughs> no. extremely impressive. Now I've remembered it. I'm going to ask if he'll give it me. Yes, you should. Will. Yeah, I would cross out his name and write yours on top. I've said it publicly now, so he can't say no. Indeed. Who's look mean. And there's a very good chance he's already an avid listener to this podcast. <laughs> I'd say the chances be. are 99 to 100 percent that he. <laughs> Can is we do a more than 100 Because I think it's on that one. You think? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm terrible at math, but there's. <laughs> I'm, oh, all right, I'm going up to 150. All right, good. I've made it all the way up there. That's the top one. You can't go What Steve Martin... So you grew up on Steve Martin films. Let's talk about those for a second because Mm. I don't talk about Steve Martin very much on the podcast Mm. considering my love of him. Mm -hmm. We've already... We'll we'll work backwards from... uh, We don't have to talk about the Pink Panther because neither one of us saw it because we (laughs) love Steve Martin and we Uh probably... And we also love the Pink Panther and we maybe didn't want to see... The Twain meet. Yeah, I don't really know why I didn't see it. I don't think we made a conscious decision to not. Yeah. Yeah. But, and why did, and also that movie didn't need to be remade. I'm pleased that he was the one that they tapped for. They could have tapped someone far worse, but I think I felt like I just didn't need to go down that road unless I'd be very disappointed. (laughs) But... Let's talk about some early ones. The jerk, mm, the of jerk. course. Yeah. But what Ma- about like the lonely guy, the man with two brains? The man with two brains. Oh, when I was in drama college for about 18 to 20, my roommate and I loved all of those films. Yeah. This is slightly embarrassing. However, also because I will tell a story and it's clear that there's no point to it, but um, <laughs> they, you're on the right podcast. <laughs> I know, but we actually used to watch that film and then... You know how you have phrases or words when you're growing up that you kind of use in everyday conversation? And oh, yeah. To anyone else? That, that, we did things from Steve Martin films. So with The Man With Two Brains, I would, go, I would sing the song, Duke, 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 Duke of Oil, Oil, Oil. Yes. Which, which I never knew then was meant Earl, Duke of Earl. Yes, yes. Yeah. Because she's doing that horrible yeah. voice and accent. And I was British and did, you know. I was right. Like, who, who, who's a Duke of Oil? <laughs> I was like, that's the Bush fabulous. family. Yes, Not the Bush yes. family. Who owns a will? <laughs> that is wonderful. Mm. I would do the same thing. Um, I feel like I would recite things from that movie also. I wouldn't sing that. <laughs> I would definitely sing, If I like a you, oh, like you, yeah. like a me and we. I would quote that. I would sing that. I would quote like... When he pushes her, when he pushes Kathleen Turner into the mud, and he's like, into the mud, scum queen. I feel like I would say that in, in opportune moments. And then I totally nerded out when I was in high school and LA Story came out 
Because did you see that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so charming. Yeah, because he refers to a poem in *Man with Two Brains* in *LA ah, Story*. Well, he's done. like trying to get Victoria Tennant's character to pay him mind because he's she's angry with him for uh, lying about something and he's like I, he's like trying to get her to i think pick up the phone or something and he's like i'm gonna read you one of my favorite poems oh pointy birds oh pointy pointy he starts yeah. to say and that's what he that's one of the poems wow. he recites in with two brains that is very so good. nerdy the the uh, um la story gave me the only motivation i needed to get in my car and drive next door because steve <laughs> did, did it <laughs> yes i know so, i was like no good i'm in la it's what LA. we do yeah. It's so true. If I walk, people uh, will disrespect me. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You owe it to yourself Thank and your you. sense of dignity to I drive, need in, a lot to of drive in your car. To no. not walk somewhere. Right. Yeah. But yet you were saying before I got here, because I'm certainly not going to disclose where you live, but you do live yeah. in an, uh, a neighborhood that is very walkable. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and you were saying, you were, we were joking yeah. about the fact that even though it's walkable, you're secretly relieved when you have a reason to yeah. drive. But you used to walk everywhere in London. I so. did. I, 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 in London, so you to it i'd walk down the road to get the bus and then i'd get the bus to the tube and then i'd get the tube somewhere and then i'd walk and walk and walk around london yeah when i first got to la i was like well what's all this driving shit we can't like how how do you do stuff if you have to drive everywhere it took me about an hour and a half and i was like oh you valet you valet everywhere and now i get quite cross when i go home and i can't um it's magical (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's, it's not the worst thing in the world. That is certainly true. Mm. Although, uh, Andrea Savage recently told a story on the podcast about yeah. how on almost back-to-back occasions, someone yeah. passed gas in what? her car oh. valet. She oh. got into her valeted car and, and whoever had, was just driving, oh pulling up for her had cut That's, one. Why would you? <laughs> how can you not? So control? I don't know how magical that is. I mean, I'd have to buy a new car. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, I mean, a woman has standards. <laughs> it's not just standards; it's about the law. Right. <laughs> the actual law states <laughs> one must not get in a car when someone has just. My mom used to. We weren't allowed to say fart um, or anything, so we had to say blow off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My sweet mom. We had to That's, say. I feel like I've used that in far too many other contexts. It would get really confusing right? yeah. very quickly. My mom is very sweet, and and she was like, "No, the polite thing is that I just did a little blow off." I, that, listen, I'm mm-hmm. a fan of that. I am now. It makes yes. it what you just described almost sounds like you blew someone a kiss with your yeah, butt. Almost like it's a sweet. butt kiss. It's a lie. I, <laughs> it's a lying phrase that we were taught. I just did a little blow in your accent. I just did a little blow off. A little blow off, mom. It's Apologies. wonderful. Yeah. No apology necessary. <laughs> You're welcome for something described that way. Oh, that's terrific. Is your mom? Uh, what a horrible question. Is your mom funny as well? Because your dad is? <laughs> yes. Uh, um, unfortunately, I'm in a family of comics. So <laughs> no conflict in. is ever, yeah. <laughs> Everything turns into a joke. Sunday lunch um, around the table was loud. Uh-huh, I'm sure. And, um, One-upmanship. It was, yeah. Um, but I have to say, I have got really good memories of that. We, um, we just, we did laugh a lot. Sounds very, sound of music. <laughs> slash yeah. Waltons. Yeah. Um, but uh, we always had to, on Sunday, have Sunday lunch together. 
so that we is it you you your mom your dad and who else and then the, i have two younger sisters and a younger brother oh okay. my brother lives here in la okay and my sisters live near each other near my parents back at home okay Mm-mm. and they we all do different things one is an acupuncturist another is a detective and what my brother uh is an interventionist I am very intrigued. So, we, so you're yeah. the one who you're the you're the apple that fell least far from the tree, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in the sense that yeah. you are you obviously yeah. are working Not in so the funny freak. business. <laughs> um, an acupuncturist, a detective, and an interventionist. Yeah, the interventionist yeah. is here. Yes. Yeah. Is he not gonna? He's not gonna intervene this podcast, is he? Well, do you just call him to intervene? Whatever, Janet. (laughs) Oh my! Oh, hello, everyone from my family. Awkward. Everyone wants me to stop doing this podcast. (laughs) This is very, it's very unsettling. I wanted to ease you in more gently than that, but never mind. I guess no. We'll just have to get this. We'll just have to get this done. (laughs) Um, and an acupuncture. Do you get acupuncture? I used to a long time ago and um hurts. Uh, first of all, yes it does. Second it of all, I have bit. no doubt that it works. Yeah, absolutely. But I yeah. have I'm a fairly anxious person or at mm. least I have the capacity to be. And yes. so the sitting still, the lying still yeah. with the needles. And when you're tense, the needles are clearly going into tensed muscles. Correct. Yeah. And you can feel you can I mean uh, the first time I I've only had acupuncture I think twice, but the first time I immediately felt like this flow of something happening, yeah. but instead of being impressed and amazed by it, I was frightened by it. Yeah, I yeah, felt yeah. like this is clearly working. Yeah. This is not nothing, but it, this is very true. scary to me. And yeah. I don't know if I can sit still for 20 minutes feeling this way. That's very true. And especially as you really do have to keep still because sometimes you'll just flinch a bit and then it will get a nerve or, or a muscle. And, <laughs> and I, I used to have it years ago when I lived in London and I did enjoy it. And I did feel good afterwards. And sometimes it really released emotions. I remember having some needles put in the side of my head. Yes. Yeah, I that know. That can't be good. I know. That can't go well. I know. And, um, and I have to say, she put it in. And it wasn't the most painful thing I've ever felt. But it released this torrent of sobbing. I believe it. Oh, my Lord. And because I- I'm like that with massage also. <laughs> I almost always sob. burst into tears oh. and sob during a massage. Oh. I have to be careful about where I go and right. with whom because... I mean, I know right. masseuse, you know, they experience that all the time. Is that because it re- but you find it just releases? I guess it must. Really no, bad masseuse. I'm <laughs> just so disappointed in the process that I'm <laughs> sobbing. Yes. Um, no, it really is that I do feel like it's unlocking yeah. actual emotional tension as much as it's unlocking physical tension. I agree with that. you got to be willing to go there, I And think. how do you feel about sobbing in front of people? <sighs> you know what? I'm, I don't love it, mm. but... I have had such a, a a lack of control of my emotions in that way for my entire life right, right. that I think I've kind of come to peace with it mm-hmm. in some way that I just like, okay, yeah. well, you can this, is you happen. Want, this is probably going to happen. This is probably going to happen. Oh God. I mean, I don't know how to fill the, the sobbing void. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can still talk. I'm as good as hell like this the entire time. Uh, yeah. What about you? Do you... I, I, I'm better at it than I was. Um, I'm distinctly uncomfortable sobbing or crying at all in front of people. And yeah. on the odd occasion that it's happened, I, mean, I, I, it's almost comical because on the one hand, obviously, for some reason I'm crying and that is very organic and isn't going to stop. And on the other, I'm so embarrassed. So 
I'm choking here and then apologizing here. Yes. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and I look good when I do that. So that's the don't plus we all, point. Don't we all? Yeah. I yeah. definitely feel like 50% of the energy consumed while I'm crying is apologizing for it while it's Exactly. Happening. For yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. definitely am always apologizing yeah. if I'm crying that hard. Mostly, unless I'm by myself. Yeah. It's, um, I'm, I'm kind of better at going, I'm better at understanding the benefits of crying. And, um, I've been someone who has always held a lot in. But isn't that, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but honestly, we haven't, I mean, I think only Melanie Linsky, who is from New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if I've had any other UK related guests and I'm not sure that I have. So I may have to go down the road of Americans are so emotive and hard on their sleeve about so many things. And so gregarious and just in general, doesn't it seem like culturally do with a sort of splitting the difference? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I feel like perhaps we can be a bit stiff upper lip about things and, and to, a huge degree that can really get you far. Um, but for me anyway, I had to realize that stopped working, you know, my kind of pushing things under the carpet and saying, well, life is hard sometimes just shut up and get on with it. It's, you know, I, I was never the kind of person that would say, why me? Because why not me? Why, why anyone else? So that's how I got by. And and I, I am glad for that. I am grateful for that because I think it got me through a lot of things in my twenties, especially, and in my thirties that were hard, but, and it helped. Uh, eventually I was like, okay, so this doesn't seem to work right now and I'm going to have to, and sometimes you can't go over around something and you have to go through it. And that's what I felt. So sometimes actually crying is a good thing. And for me anyway, and, um, once I've had a good old cry, I, I actually often just feel better about something. I do too. Yeah. 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 If yeah. I can get to the point where I'm just going to let it out, right. there's no question that it's cathartic. Yeah. There's no yeah. question. Yeah. Um, what was I just about to... Oh, I was thinking <laughs> about the whole stiff upper lip thing, which I then immediately, probably unsurprisingly, because uh, whenever possible, I do like to think about how much I enjoy Emma Thompson and her work. Oh my So gosh, I was thinking about... Please tell me that you're like her best friend because you two should be. I was. We got to get on this for both of us. I think I once met her something, oh, some event in England. I sat by her, I think, and I... I don't know if you, did you watch Sense and Sensibility? That's exactly yeah. what I was just about to bring up because there is yeah. that, because it reminds me so much of the sort of, I need to just take this on and keep it together. Right. And right. then that moment when she finally like yeah. lets it happen oh is one God. of the most beautiful moments really in is. any film ever. And she wrote a and she, great diary. I talked about it. it on the podcast. Yes. No one else has read it. I talked Amazing. about it more than once. Let's, Jay, there's a, the, some of the fans of this podcast started a, a book club. JV <gasps> nice. book club. Again, if you have not put this on the list, um, yeah. they were just reading a Jeanette Winterson book written on the body, which I'm very excited about because it's a beautiful book. Right. But um, honestly, you don't even ha- if you don't want to read the screenplay that comes along with it, no. uh, that's understandable. I've but got it that just diary, yes, yeah. Yeah. the diary she keeps makes you feel like I just brought this up because I was nice. saying how much I loved, I love everything about her and her candor, and I love. Yeah. 
the willingness to just say, I was just joking about this with someone is. that she was like, today yeah. was just one of those days where I was at the craft service table all day. There's yeah. no reason for it. No yeah. emotional reason for it. I just felt I needed to eat everything all day long. Just she had constantly. one diary entry that just went, watch blind feet, watch blind date and pick my feet. Yeah. And that was it. Yes. And, and then, yes. and then it goes on like she brings up, uh, cause obviously in sense and sensibility, there's lots of scenes with horses. And, and so she talks about, um, the horses eating the oats, the yes. porridge and, and stuff. And then later on she said, uh, I'm standing by a horse or something. And, uh, it let off a volley of farts. I privately decide to lay off the porridge. Yes. And, um, yes. She's just, that was the call. Of course, back. she didn't know to call it blowing off. Sure. She didn't. She I was, I crossed that. it out in the book and put blow off. Um, just to make sure. It Thank you. Correct. And submitted a Xerox <laughs> copy of that to your mother so she would know. Um, but you were in, were you in uh, Pride, Pride and, and Prejudice? Prejudice? Yeah. Yes. It's so fun to see you pop up in that because that's Thanks. another thing like Sense and Sensibility that every once in a while a lady just needs to revisit. She oh, just yeah. needs a little bit of P&P in mm, her life. Yeah. Cycle through that. Feel like you're among friends. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you're so sweet and little uh, and sort of... This is my first job. Yeah. I mean, you're just, yeah. you sort of have not so much to say, but yeah. there you are. There just I am consistently popping up. popping up, being adorable in the background, maybe a little I bit of dancing. That job. It was, I was it great? It. Yeah. It was, I mean, I got very spoiled because it was my first job. And so of course, in my naive head, I was like, oh, fabulous. I didn't realize being an actress meant I was going to do six episodes of amazing dramas throughout the rest of my life. Um, uh, and, uh, and then I did a, a commercial for Imodium. So <laughs> well. And, um, <laughs> also a period, it was a period piece. It was, was uh, the Imodium commercial. Helped. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. Were you the sufferer? Um, no, but weirdly, I don't know if I should say this, but my face was really orange. Um, uh-huh. I had this makeup on, makeup that I was put on and it was orange. So I felt like I looked like the problem, if that helped. Yeah. And, um, and then I had to do it in French and in German as well. My one line I had, which I think was, oh, it, 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 I was trying to stop my dad in the, in the commercial. This is what I need to understand. Speech. I've got to know who has diarrhea in this, in this commercial. Oh, the dad. Oh, okay. yes. Okay. The dad. Just to set the scene. Yeah. He looks it's your sick. wedding. It's my dad wedding. Dad has diarrhea. I'm at the altar. <laughs> <laughs> the mom and dad are sitting there on a bench watching me get married. And the mom goes something that I'm paraphrasing, obviously, something like, stop fidgeting. You took the emodium, didn't you? And he goes, yes, but it doesn't work. Anyway, so we got cut to the reception where he's obviously now, you know, diarrhea free. <laughs> and, um, and he starts to make a big speech and I say something like, dad, a simple toast would be enough. But then I had to say it in German as well, which mm. I think was something like Mats Kutzia. I've no idea. I, I did the sounds that I was told to do. Right, right. And, um, yeah, because I was about to say, I can't believe you're fluent in those other languages. Well, I marvelous. am. I am now. Yeah. When it comes to dad, a toast. Don't, be, a, a, don't make yeah. a big speech. <laughs> <laughs> I can speak to anyone. Oh my. That could be very handy. Uh, uh, what yeah. about and so the French was I can't remember the French. I can't remember the French. Late, no, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no. Um, that was your next job after Pride and Prejudice. It was certainly that one of them. Yeah, wonderful. I did quite a few commercials. We used to have to go. Sometimes we'd get ones abroad. So I went to Amsterdam to do one. Oh, I went. Uh, I can't remember where this was. In the audition. Oh my lord! So several embarrassing auditions. One was. This will be out there somewhere. Um, I in the audition, I had to do the Meg Ryan orgasm scene. <coughs> 
from uh, when, Harry when Harry met Sally. Now, because <laughs> I was mortifyingly embarrassed to do this, I decided to look at the scene and copy it rather than... And then when I was waiting for my ca- my casting, you could hear the other poor girls oh, inside doing it. Worst. Some of them were just having orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> This wasn't Meg Ryan in the film. This was like, oh, yeah. that's how it goes. You sound then. good. Yeah. Good. Um, uh, I can feel distinctly awkward around sex stuff like yeah. that. Um, but anyway, of course, no, that's the job I got. So um, off I went to wherever it was to do this. Because scene. you were the only one, evidently, who Probably actually who did, did what they were Meg looking Ryan. for, which was to do that oh my bit. God. I mean, Jesus. Oh no. What was that, that commercial for? I, I can't remember. It was a commercial for it a vibrator. Could be fashion. No, no, something random like yeah. fashion. Yeah. Or, or I, I really don't remember that bit. Maybe I, I blocked it out and it'll come up again one day <laughs> in, a, in a heavy sleep. Uh-huh. Um, and then my other embarrassing casting was uh, way after I'd done The Office and it was the last commercial casting that I have ever done. And it was about six years ago seven years ago and I was in London and I go in and, and I don't know if you know but when you go for a casting you're given maybe a little uh, breakdown of what the character's meant to be or whatever but I wasn't given anything so I walk into the waiting room and there's a sea of blonde actresses sitting down and they're all looking at me oddly and I'm feeling uncomfortable and I sit down the girl next to me says she said um, would you mind could I ask you what what brief you were given for this role? And I, I said, well, I wasn't. Why? What What were you given? She said, Dawn from The Office. Oh, my God. And <laughs> that's the point I should have left. You didn't leave. No. And I did the audition, mortified. I didn't get the role, by the way. I wasn't right. I wasn't <laughs> enough Dawny. <laughs> So I thought, I think I might be done with commercials. Oh, no. diarrhea, orgasms, oh, and God. not being good enough to play myself. Yourself. I felt That's like so I remarkable. But you know be. what? You came to the right place. You came to LA okay. where <laughs> consistently someone just, I won't say who it was, uh, just in case you would rather me not, but one of the guests of the podcast, we had a conversation offline a couple weeks ago. Many, actually many weeks ago. So guys, don't try to do the math and figure uh-huh. out who it was because it was quite some time ago. Who went in for something, found out that the, in the character breakdown, yeah. it said a blank, blank type. And right. she is the person that they listed. Right. And she didn't, yeah. She went in wow. and they were like, no, 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 no. You're too old. Wow. We want wow. a younger version of the, I, wow. like, so, so welcome to Los Angeles. Saying, we want another younger Dawn. Yes. We want Dawn, but just not you. Yes. Who could have we got We want that role? who we wish would have played Dawn right, exactly. on the office, not you. <laughs> yeah. It, when, I, when I was on set on the office, if ever I fucked up in a scene or something, which is probably quite um, regular, um, especially as I, I have difficulty in not laughing in the middle of Ugh, me taste. too i'm terrible i've ruined so many other people's yeah. takes that and they're by, doing brilliant yes, work exactly. and i've ruined it and by the way things that i probably didn't find funny in rehearsal right are now hilarious right. once the camera's on <laughs> no yeah. pressure no yeah and um and ricky and steve would often say to me oh it's funny we've just found out jessica stevenson's free she's an actress um who's now called jessica hines since she got married and um she's 
fabulous actress and she um co-wrote and starred in spaced oh sure yeah yeah Yeah. um and um so they would and they would often just you know take the piss out of me that they were going to replace me with with jessica which actually would have been very hard because she'd have been amazing (laughs) (laughs) did that i think even a joke like that would probably do the job in that i would probably sober up quickly so i really thought to myself yeah yeah i know they're joking but that would be so excruciating if it happened i did my best acting after that see it lasted a good day exactly (laughs) what buttons to press well you mentioned um 18 to 20 when you're in drama college and yeah. this is um you know just to get logistical just to get logistical on your sure. ass um in terms of what your high school uh high school age experience was like in england now, high um, school was what age here? so here it's like 14 to 18 right okay so like secondary school i oh, don't know yeah. i'm making i may be making that no, up secondary yeah school? i'm sure that could be right i've forgotten a bit very old, Janet. Oh, um, bless. Bless. Out of my head. Bless. Um, actually, my school from 14 to 18 was wonderful. I loved it. I did not enjoy my school before I was 11. Um, and then 11 to 16, I went to an all-girls boarding school. Oh, you did? Oh, I you did. went to boarding school? Okay. But I didn't board. I mean, because you could either be a day uh, people or a weekly people or a termly board. Um, we lived a few minutes down the road. and, and um, But I loved that school. It... It, um, up until 11, were you at a co-ed? Uh, no, I was at a private school. I did not enjoy it. And it was just all um, girls, private school. No, it was public. mixed. Oh, well, um, oh, that's what I meant by co-ed. Before. Sorry. That's, oh, uh, I'm that's, sorry. Uh, yeah. That's boys and girls. Um, yeah, it was mixed and I didn't love that school. I, it, um, instilled in me because I went from about three or four to 11, which are very formative years. Sure. Uh, it instilled in me a huge distrust and fear of authority, which hmm. stayed with me. My next school did a lot to undo that damage, um, but it stayed with me a lot. What in was fact, going on there? That Were they just oh, yeah. so, unnecessarily Well, cruel? here was the thing. I, I remember... Oh, God. I remember uh, I was about seven. I walked into class one morning, and my teacher then was beating the hell out of a boy oh my god whilst chanting uh, i can't obviously say his name but she was using the name in the chant and she was thrashing <gasps> him black and blue with a ruler on his oh. bare legs obviously we we're all seven and oh, no. i was kind of like i was like a rabbit in headlights i couldn't kind of blink um i was horrified anyway about and this boy of course was so- sobbing it was just it was just awful. Um, so about a week later, we were told by this teacher that we were going to have desk inspection after lunch, which means they go and check in your desk, make sure it's all tidy. This particular boy, I, so I'm only seven, and I'm thinking, his desk is not going to be tidy. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in so much trouble. A, I didn't want him to get into that much trouble, and B, I couldn't have witnessed that again. Right. So I sneaked back into the classroom. Oh, no. At lunch to tidy his desk, at which point a teacher came in. I totally get that if you come in and you see a child in someone else's desk, you look like you're thieving or something. Right. And I get that, but but there was no way a teacher at this school, or this teacher anyway, was going to believe me. So I had to then spend several lunch hours uh, at that week standing outside the staff room holding a piece of paper up the wall with my nose. (laughs) 
my I God. mean, it's, it's Dickensian. Oh, it's so Dickensian. Yes. It absolutely yes. is. And then it was one of many things. And, that is and terrible. Just, yeah, it wasn't great. And I remember once the headmaster saying, um, it was a Monday morning assembly and all the schools together. And he said, I want to try an experiment this week. When I was seven or eight, I maybe he gave a really sound reason for this experiment, but I know that at seven I didn't hear it or pick it up. And um, <clears throat> and he said, so for the net this week, he said, no one is allowed to run, jump, skip, or hop. He said, it's just an experiment. We're going to see if we can do it. Now, if you're a certain <laughs> age and up and you were caught doing any of those things, you had detention. If you were younger, like I don't know what age, five, four, three, and you were caught running, jumping, skipping, hopping, you had to go around for the rest of the week with a sign around your neck saying, I ran, I hopped, I skipped. You're a child. That's what's wonderful about being young is running around and skipping and hopping. Did you feel like you could tell your parents, I mean, your parents what was happening? I did. Um, Because my mom and dad were always good at, at listening to me. But then once I got to about nine or ten, then my younger sister started to join the school and they were more vocal than me, at which point my mum and dad did pull us all out. So my mum and dad were good at at listening to that. I, I think I don't have huge memories. I think I kind of, I think I, and this is what I have done for a lot of my life is I accept things very readily that can be a good thing and it can be yeah, really Yeah, so kind of what detriment. you were saying about your 20s and 30s, like the right. positive side right. is exactly. that you you have an understanding that there's mm. no point in asking why me. Right. And that there yes. is sort of a let's put our head down and get through this to it. it. But that on the yeah. flip side, that yeah, we can suffer through things that we don't need to suffer through, but we can't right. see clearly that that's the case. Right. It's exactly. hard to know sometimes to define mm-hmm. when, mm-hmm. when is when, especially when you're a kid and you just feel like this is what this is. This is school. Yeah. yeah. I guess this is school. You were so young. That's just you what do. school was. It, it really is. And it, for me, it became about how I coped in that was smile, put your head down. I often use humor as a defense mechanism for sure. sure. Um, and I managed to get at times teachers on my side just kind of by, I guess, being humorous, however humorous you can be at eight. Um, and really just, I really was the good girl. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I really tried anyways. And I, by nature, I'm very scatty. I'm very dreamy. I drift off in lessons and have dreams that I can, I have the superpower of flying mm-hmm. and relate to that. people. And so, you know, that was lovely. <laughs> yeah, that, I enjoyed that bit. The, Im- the imagination <laughs> to allow you to check out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And uh, in fact, when I was about 11, I insisted that my hairdresser cut my hair like Lois Lane. Oh. Um, and uh, Lois Lane from the film? From or the film. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was obsessed with that film. And I'm trying to remember. I mean, I feel like it was so overstyled that it would be hard to t- to know what that meant other than shoulder length. Yeah, it was shoulder length. And I think I remember she had like the ends. Some yeah, she probably had a flip. Curled, like, yeah. Flipped up and some were flipped under and she had bangs. Yeah, she definitely had bangs. Call mm-hmm. it. And um, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. Superman was kind of this like, uh, would omnipotent be the right word for him? Almost kind of. He could, he had all these powers, but also he was so decent and he told the truth and he was almost like the authority figure that 
I had wanted my teachers to mm, be. I totally yeah. get You know what's so interesting that you would say that too is that I just um, – these guys know that I have the salon group that meets once a month and, and each time we meet, a different person presents on something that yeah. – um, very specific that you wouldn't necessarily come across in your everyday. Yeah. And, uh, and the last presentation we had this last month, a friend of mine presented on uh, superheroes that you probably don't know of or don't remember because they were actually killed off by right. the comics because they were unpopular. Oh. So he did this wonderful presentation on this character called Mr. Miracle and a bunch of other wow. characters. But in the context of that conversation, we talked about the difference between like... Um, DC comics and Marvel comics and we talked about Superman's inception and when he came about when he was invented and by whom and what purpose he served versus your Spider-Man your Batman the people who have this very complicated past um, you know someone like Peter Parker who was a nerd who gets bitten by a spider and gets these powers and it's sort of more of an everyman like every woman sort of oh Mm -hmm. I could that could Mm -hmm. happen to me whereas Superman is this god right that and it's so interesting that he he fulfills this very different purpose. Yes, and it's it so is. it's so interesting that you say would that. Why want any other superpower but his? Like he can do everything, and he's pretty much um, invulnerable. Yeah, or invulnerable. If either of those are words. Invulnerable, I think, is a hundred percent right. Apart from the kryptonite bit. Yeah, you know where where are we really going to get that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that this has turned into a science, Thanks. an actual science conversation. Uh, yeah, because I, I don't have access to krypton. Everyone knows that krypton is very far away. Very it's far very away. hard to get it happened uh, a long kryptonite. time ago. Lex Luthor uh, probably took the last bit. Agreed. And um, and so really, yeah, I, I don't know why you'd. I get all the brilliant Batman, all of that. Right. I get why all of those things are nice. Yeah. Um, but it takes a lot of work. Like Superman, look at how he had to practice for a long time and get some bruises on the way. Batman, he has to, um, you know, work hard at the secret hole. By the way, I don't know huge details about Batman, so I really could be disrespecting the um, nature of it, but it just seems like a lot of work to do the Batcave stuff. You've got to be very committed. Very committed. And all the building of the equipment and mastering the equipment. You don't see all of the, that's the the glory of Batman too, is that, you know, he's very polished. Even like what we see of him that's vulnerable is still the sort of emotional, like tortured side of him. It's never like the blooper reel of him (laughs) not knowing how to fly the bat plane yet. I did like like that about the Toby, uh, Toby Maguire. Yeah, uh, the Spider-Man. I did like that side of it. It There's a lot of like, that we saw him figuring kind of it out as, as exactly. you know, with him. That was great. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I love the yeah. I love the idea of him of Superman representing that for you because you so sorely lack that. But then yes. you did say that in your private school or your boarding yeah. school rather, the all girls yeah. school that you sort that was restored a little yeah. bit. And what you had I a liked experience about there. that school, it was a strict school. What good school? I guess isn't. Um, but they seem to understand you individually and treat you individually. So, for example, you know, I don't know. I remember being about 11 and I was throwing a tennis ball out in the yard and it nearly hit my teacher. And she said, Lucy, that nearly hit me. And I said, I will try better next time. And then she just laughed. And she thought that was her because she knows that I'm not a rude intention person. is good. Yeah, yeah exactly. She knows I'm just joking. So there was no standing outside the staff room holding paper so they and they allowed me to like we didn't have drama classes there 
Um, but every, certainly every Christmas term, and I think at the end of the summer term, we would do a play and Christmas kind of, we did a Christmas show, not quite a pantomime, but you know, Christmassy things. And mainly I was the one that loved doing this the most and everyone let me get on with it, organize it, do things with it. It was great. And it, it gave me the outlet that I really, really needed. And, um, uh, that the other school before hadn't, and I, I, I thrived and flourished through being there. Um, so a lot I of am. people have said that the girls, the all girls schools are really positive, have really positive effects on their, their education and right. their kind of social constructs, yeah. like their upbringing socially among yeah. friends. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I was, I came from a co-ed school. Everybody knows this already, but I'm, I'm always impressed because in my mind, I, I totally reversed it. I just thought that like mm. private girls schools would be unpleasant and snobby and there would be horrible cliques right. and that yeah. co-ed public schools were like authentic and somehow that was better <laughs> and. I've heard so many people who've done the podcast say, no, I've, I did both. Yeah. And the time that I was in an all girls school was yeah. much, but like they've really flourished more. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that the biggest difference between both schools, that the co-ed one and the, the all girls one was for me, the teachers that, um, there were some nice teachers in my first call. It wasn't that there wasn't, it was just that by and large, my experience was that you don't trust authority. It says one thing does another. And, um, the best way to get by is to just smile, kind of be good. I realized when I grew older, we all have fears and we all, you know, some people, it might be that their biggest fear is spiders. You know what I mean? My biggest fear is prison. And I realized that when I was in my late teens, but like, wow, weird pathological fear of prison yeah and i never even it's not even something i think about right. i don't think about Thank prison you. although Normal everyone knows don't. i don't care for spiders it's just <laughs> really? a very good example there you go. yeah <laughs> well there you go and and i realized that i had this it was i don't know where it came from i don't know where it began uh but it I, does sound like the way you were treated at that school be. could it really be, be it do, because i felt because people when they know me they find it hilarious because they're like, you're the last person uh, absolutely. I could ever think of who would end up in a maximum security <laughs> absolutely. prison for murderers and rapists. <laughs> and I realized that my fear is that I'm going to go there for something I haven't done. Yeah, be innocent. And I, yeah. This is all it's very mad. interesting. It's mad. And I'm a little easier at it, but I used to be unable to watch things to do with prisons, like the Shawshank Redemption, for example, yeah. or Beyond Scared Straight. Anything like that. I have a really, I guess I have a really hard time with that too. The very, but just probably because I don't like being tense. Yeah. But those stories about people who are unjustly accused or something and you are in on it and you know that they're innocent, that is very hard for me to sit through because I do, I just get so upset. Mm, mm, mm. It's, um, yeah, it, it, it hasn't, it hasn't kind of frozen me in my life or anything, but I realized that I just do have this fear of it. And then when I see something to do with prison on television, I kind of just turn away. That's or, so yeah. interesting. And it was only really recently that I maybe connected the two and wondered if yeah. if they had any... any well, now, you have a sister who's a detective. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. So my only hope would be that you could lean on her and that yeah. she would... I, so she would get to the bottom of why you yes. were there yeah, and would, would make hope. sure to bust you out oh via God. the law. She has had, uh, she has great stories. Um, what area is she? She's in London. She's in Birmingham. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, and she, she I mean, had, it takes a very specific type of person to want to become a detective, it right? It really does. She started out, um, doing the, what do you call it? The volunteer, uh, being a police guy, police um, woman on the street, um, that volunteered. So you didn't get paid. And, hmm. uh, and then, I don't even know what that, what, what that would called. be here. If there is anything. Yeah. I feel like it's just like, here you have neighborhood watch. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, or like, you're what, just a snoop or those, those, um, <laughs> what do they call them? Those, uh, people who dress in superhero suits and go around keeping the streets safe. Like a vigilante? Yeah, like, like that, yeah. <laughs> a they, volunteer vigilante. Yeah, yeah. No, um, it was an official thing and they worked for the police, but it was a volunteer. And then hmm. this was years ago and then she decided to go for it professionally. And she was a police officer and now she's a detective. And, um, and, and she has some great stories. And, you know, she remembers, uh, I know I can say this, she, she remembers uh, arresting two guys. They were brothers. And the one they dealt with first because they felt that he needed to be on suicide watch. Mm. And so once he was in the cell, he, they made sure that someone was standing outside the cell all night. And, um, and then they went back to do the intake of, of the brother. And my sister was talking to another colleague, nothing to do with the brothers. And they were laughing about something. And, and so this brother said, he said, Hey, he said, don't you laugh at my brother? He said, he's committed suicide twice. <laughs> Semantics. Semantics. Yeah. And, oh, my. Um, you know, but listen, for all you know, he was pronounced dead and was revived. Oh, Lord. Perhaps technically yeah. he was pronounced dead twice yes. and revived. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Oh, no. That's right out of a script. Yes, yes. Yeah, oh, no. But, uh, but, you know, you need those light moments because obviously I, I worry about I my little sister. I could never do it. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I could never do it. I could mm. never do it. Um, she's, she's good at it. She, she's very calm and, um, she's good. She, you know, she's someone who you can send out into the middle of an emergency. I'm quite like that. I can, you can throw me into the middle of some hideous chaos and I'm quite calm. And then I burn the toast. I'm like, fucking toast. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad to hear that though. I, cause one of my, I would say that one of my paranoids or my fears yeah. is that I will be, I don't know if I've, I've brought this up before here, but certainly not at your house, but, yeah. uh, on the podcast, but I, I do have a, a almost, I mean, I don't know that it's irrational. I think it's mm. actually a pretty rational fear, mm. but I'm so worried that I wouldn't be helpful in an emergency. Oh, like I'm we'll so see. worried yeah. that I, you know, when I think about situations like that, I yeah. so desperately want to be the person that's pulling everybody out of the, bu- right, out of the building. And, right. and I think because I have a history of like a panic disorder, I'm oh, so afraid right. that someone would have to take care of me mm-hmm. that I've mm-hmm. had that conversation with like a therapist even who said, I think if you were in that situation, you yes. would, you would not have that reaction because you, your innate sense of needing to care for people who Has are hurt the panic would disorder kick in. happened because things have happened or is the panic to do with the fact that you're panicking that you won't know what to do? Um, I think it's, it's, I've had things happen that have kind of brought that, that sometimes right. bring the panic stuff back right, up. I've right, been very right. lucky in that I haven't had to deal with it a lot in the last like 10 years or so. Right. Um, 
but uh, although I did, uh, these guys know I was in a bike accident in December, and I mm. don't know that I've said this, but definitely started having more panic, kind of PTSD stuff happen right. after that, um, and now it's kind of waning again, which is lovely to say goodbye to. Right. But yeah, right. just this this fear yeah. that. But but she, her whole point to me, and maybe maybe this will help somebody listening who has a similar fear. Her whole point to me was: you panic in situations when you are not in control, right. and and you can panic like you yeah. you panic in safe places yeah, yeah and yeah. so if you were in a situation where there was an emergency yeah. you wouldn't have time to panic like you wouldn't because right. you, you wouldn't would have time to you would just go you would just it. deal with it and then you would have panic yeah. attacks after the thing happened right but you would help people in that moment yeah that's yeah. not really how panic works and so yeah. i was like oh that really makes me feel better actually because right. that would yeah. be the, like, how would you ever forgive yourself if you no. were like oh I turned into like a whimpering fool and yeah. like a five year old child had to pull me out of the yeah. building you and know? it sounds to me like the panic is more about the panic it is and that's yeah. a great that's a great statement it mm-hmm. is it, the whole nothing to fear but fear itself thing right. really resonates for anybody who yeah. has that because you do you sort of get past whatever it was that created the anxiety in the first place and then right. the kind of ripple effect and the sort of like echo of whatever happened becomes i'm afraid i'll have a panic attack in right. dot 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 situation yes yeah. not even that like there's an emotional reason it would happen it's yeah. just the fear that it's going to yeah. happen and then eventually you sort of move through that too and i think i think it was marion williamson who, who said our greatest fear is not that we're inadequate but that we're powerful beyond measure oh, and I and that. i really that i i really reminded mm. myself to keep thinking of that because yeah. i think sometimes that is what pulls us back from trying to achieve things that we could achieve um and that would be an example of it it's like my fear my panic here is that i am inadequate and and you haven't i'll put you to the test on that janet i'll go oh. and burn my Ooh. house down now see what you do this is uh, your investment <laughs> is I mean, it's, it's mildly committed. admirable. It's mildly admirable. Mildly, I apologize. Um, I know that you have uh, something that you need to do in a few, and I want to make oh, sure to get you. some of the, mm. the, the things that I've come to love so much I about this podcast. These. I used to right? make them myself So a uh, these little, this fortune teller slash cootie catcher goes okay. by two names. Um, courtesy, <laughs> this is a brand new one. I've only used it once. So what do we call um, it? What do we call it? I never, first of all, I never knew what it was called. I just no, knew I, I loved them. Yeah. Some people call it a fortune teller. Right. Some people call it a cootie catcher. I certainly didn't know that. No idea what any of that means. So we'll do a couple of these because um, I had an older one that I've used with a lot of guests. And this one, Victoria uh, Eden, who uh, does a lot of things for the podcast, um, uh, has made a new one. So there are questions in here that I, and I, by the way, have not even read the questions in advance. So I don't know (laughs) what they are. But uh, anything that, I I don't think she's pushing the boundaries of privacy. So don't worry. I'll go blue. Okay. B-L-U-E. Five. One, two, three, four, five. Eight. One, two, Make three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Last one. Three. Okay. Three. Back to school made me feel blank. Meaning if I were to go back to school? I think it's sort of Ooh. the feeling of knowing that your summer term is coming, your, ter- your, your summer vacation is coming to an end and you know that school oh. is about to start again. Uh, okay. So when I was in my second school, I was you know, quite excited about doing that. You were. So you didn't have, I feel like even though I liked school well enough uh, by the time I was in high school, I was still, I still had that feeling in my stomach before school started like, Oh, right. Right. Well, I was lucky. I always enjoyed my, 
um, holidays. Uh, in the summer, we would go um, to the island of Menorca, which is a Spanish island of Spain, and we would go there every year for about five weeks. And God, I loved those holidays. Yeah, they are some I'm of sure. my best memories. Uh, we, there's something so nice about going, not to interrupt, but there's someone, yeah, something no. so nice about going, really going somewhere, yeah. opposed to just summer vacation when you're just sort of at home. Yes, yeah. To, to, to really set that time apart and make it special. It is. And, and um, because we went every year, we grew to know a network of people. I mean, there were times when we would book restaurants for 50 people, oh, 50, 60 people. And, and they all lived, all of us, within walking distance of each other. And... And some people we knew back from England and saw throughout the year, and some people we just met them every year that we were in Menorca. <sighs> and I have to say, it was a, a delight, and I'm just very lucky to have had that. Yeah. Um, so I did not. I was not happy to end those holidays right. um, at all. I, I, I kind of almost grieved them when I left, but. When it came to my second school, I did look forward. To, I'd look forward to oh, I, so I enjoyed my school. I was quite young. The, the not so good school. Right. Um, so I don't God, you must. But I'm sure you were yeah. probably filled with, filled with dread. I mean, I yes. don't know how you couldn't be. I kind of. I don't recall being. It's hard. I don't have memories of being scared. I don't. I just yeah because probably you were really in that mode of yes. putting, of just kind of putting the smile I, on I and was. just yeah getting through it. Um, I do remember one day I had gone into school and I had lost my hat, my school hat, and I was about nine or something. And you are meant to wear your school hat. I'd lost it and I didn't want to tell my mom because I was like, then she'll have to buy another one and hopefully it'll turn up, you know. And so we're in assembly. And it was the end of assembly. And just before we went out, one of the teachers stood up and she said, Lucy Davis, I want you to come to the front of the hall. So I stood up, my knees knocking. What have I done? And she actually said, twice now, you have been seen coming in without wearing your hat. And I went, yep. And, And she said, where is it? In front of the whole school. Who has time to do this? I mean, if this was the worst crime right. in the school, aren't we okay with the fact that it's probably quite a good school? Right. Um, so I lied and I said, no, I wore my hat. <gasps> oh. I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. And and she said, so she looked shocked because she'd obviously seen me without my hat. And she said, you wore your hat. And I went, mm-hmm. And she said, go and fetch it then. And I had, had you to, thought past, like, nope, this probably not what will happen thought. next is that she will ask me to go get this hat that I don't nope. have. I mean, I just, I, oh. I just literally spoke like, like on autopilot and there was no thought there. And so I had to walk all the way through assembly, through another classroom, down a corridor and into the cloakroom. And all that I was thinking was, I, I don't know. I actually was thinking about running away. Oh. Yeah, which is so stupid. But it is. I think that when the stakes feel so high, yeah. that was your whole world. Your yeah. whole world was in that school. It's, it's it's ridiculous. And and I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And Did I you walked. face how that prickly heat that comes along with like, I've I, I lied about something and now I don't know what I to think do? I, I think, honestly, I was uh, void of all feeling. Oh, I don't think I oh, had a feeling yeah. in my body. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> I walked like... A robot to the cloakroom to where my peg is. You have your name by your yeah. peg. And I went up to my peg, and there was my hat. What? 
I, I, I looked at it. And for a second I thought, it was obviously someone else's hat. Yeah. And I looked inside and there was my name tag. Oh, my, my God. Hat. How? I what? don't know. An I, angel. I, right. That's, it's absolutely an angel. I, I didn't really understand the concept of God or a higher power or anything then. Um, but something was with me for sure. And, um, and I walked back kind oh, of nervous. I, I wasn't comfortable enough at that school to be smug about it, but I was nervous, but relieved. And then of course she couldn't do anything. And what, and if I remember rightly, she told me off for not for having it, but not wearing it and then gave me a detention and then we were done. Yeah. Um, but that was it. So there's oh, my, I mean, my. I know I'd obviously lost my hat and, and you shouldn't and all the, ra- the rest of it, but geez, geez, Lou, you're nine. Sometimes you lose stuff. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Just, it's I can't here. believe it was hanging there on the peg. That's a marvelous oh, end God. to that story. Yes. This is the second game that we're going to do. And again, I'm being conscientious because I know that you have a call soon. Um, so this, did you ever play MASH when you were a kid? Don't know. Okay. So this M, this stands for mansion, apartment, shack, and house. Right. My sweet uh, Jules and Victoria made this pad for me very recently. So this is only the second time I've ever used it. Right. I'm going to give you some different categories. You will give me three options per category. Yeah. Uh, they'll all be pleasant. These are all like <laughs> fantasy world, Lucy Davis in another dimension. Fabulous. Could be child Lucy Davis, what you would have loved then. Yeah. Anything like that. Um, yeah. I'm going to start out with Superman has a lot of different powers. Yeah. Name three of those powers, one of which you will actually inherit by the time this game is through. So three of Superman's powers you would like to have. I would like his see-through vision. Okay, x-ray vision. Um, mm-hmm. And I would like him also to be able to see through the lead. Um, and it annoys me that you can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The flying, obviously. Yep. And the strength. Love it. Um, yeah. Okay, that's great. Um, give me three vacation spots, since you were talking about the, um, the Menorca, um, three vacation yeah. spots that you get to go forever, whenever you want. Oh, uh, uh, Cabo mm-hmm. in Mexico. Um, uh, I would say Menorca. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Australia. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about um, three, I know that you love Gracie, I'm going to add two Gracie with three imaginary pets that are also potentially not even a pet that you could really have in real life. It could be a fictional uh, animal, it could be an animal that's real, but like you couldn't usually have a giraffe, but you love giraffes. Three three pet options that are unique and strange. Um. I love I love elephants. Love it. They're one of my favorite love it favorite animals. Um, would it help to say that I had an invisible pet when I was a child? Yes. Um, I called Invisible Man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my mom. You understood irony and paradox. Yeah. Even then. Yes, that's what exactly what it was, oh. Janet. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was about three and I remember talking to him and my mom set plates at the table for him. And, um, so, but he was a person, but he was, but he was a pet. It was my pet, but I don't think I was aware of what it was. Okay. I don't obviously recall seeing 
anything. Uh-huh. Um, but it was like my pet that I yeah. kept with me and yeah. looked after. Should we add Visible Man? Yeah. Okay, Visible Man <laughs> comes back. What have we got? A visible man and elephant. Uh-huh. <laughs> Together at last. The two polar opposites <laughs> of one another. The largest and the least visible. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and do I... Uh, and what... Uh, so a, a pet that I could have. Yeah. Anything. Um, can I have a chimpanzee? Yes. Thanks. Oh, I would love to live in a house with these animals. Well, well you're going to live with one of them. Oh. And Gracie. You don't have to give <clears throat> no. up Gracie. Um... What about, uh, a, what about when we were talking about Emma Thompson, what about some, uh, a, a, a woman, she could be a fictional woman or a real woman, uh, yeah. three of these that you wish you were dear friends with? Uh, ooh, let me think. Uh, oh my Lord, my brain's gone. And given that it's gone. <clears throat> it's also very hard to just I'm do these probably off the cuff, gonna, I know. I'll say Emma Thompson. I mean, I think she sounds... Wonderful and lovely. Um, I've always wanted to go back in time. Like, in, I've loved history. Yes. Like, so this is going to sound really geeky, but Eleanor of Aquitaine. I read a lot about the Plantagenet era and Henry II and Richard Lionheart and Wicked King John. And Eleanor of Aquitaine was Richard and John's mum. Okay. And, um, she was an amazing woman. I love this answer. Yeah. So I'm going to put her. Okay. That's perfect. Like I could have, if I could have her at a dinner party. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And then just one more like that. <clears throat> um, I was Wonder Woman. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Listen, that is a good I have a friend leash. to have. I have a leash for my dog, a Wonder Woman leash. Oh, that's a, yeah. oh, I would like it. I need a superhero leash for Scott. I, I confess to going through a phase when I was about seven of spinning round before I got yes! into bed in the hope that it might oh, just, oh, it I get it. I get it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'm After glad Wonder podcast, Woman came up. I need therapy. No, this, you got it. You've gotten it. <laughs> You've gotten it, and uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to charge you some money sure, for this session. Sure. But um, okay, what about? Well, you talked about being interested in history. This is this is you can travel back to a specific era uh, without any of the ramifications. Like uh, you're not going to go get the plague somewhere. You're no. not going to go Change die history. at age 20 for some reason. Yeah. This is just everything you love about three different eras. You celebrate and enjoy that with none of yes. the bad stuff. Yeah. Give me three. Um, uh, so the Plantagenet. Um, I often do this. Oh my lord! <laughs> I need to have some normal thoughts in my head. <laughs> However, one non-normal thought is I often think. You know how we all think. What will we do if we go back in time and go back in some space DeLorean yeah. thing? Yeah. And um, one is Henry the Eighth time. It's not actually my almost favorite part of history and i can't think what that would be called it's not the plantation well, i'm just going to put in yeah. henry the eighth everyone knows and for some reason i i have this fabulous idea of going back and saying look we have cell phones i don't know something sliced yeah. bread yeah and um uh and that's one of them yeah i think i accept that and we all know catch a lot about him bless him listen mm. luckily you won't luckily because won't. not in this not in this dimension no, you won't okay and then DeLorean. one more Oh, um, mm, there's lots of things I would like to, can you perceive it and not be part of it? Yes. If you just want to go back and watch. I mean, I am reading a book at the moment called Escape from Camp 14, which is about 
the only guy ever known to have escaped from the labor camps in North Korea and survived and tells his story. Yeah. And no, I don't want to witness that, but there's part of me that would like to go into it and see it and try to do something to change it. Yeah. So I'm going to say that. Okay. Even though that would petrify the Jesus out of me. Well, maybe you'll have Wonder Woman to take with you. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, there you go. Um... Very thoughtful, wonderful and answers. A <laughs> <laughs> Who might serve more? Good. I, I mean, it's really hard to say at this point. Um, what was? Oh, here's another. Someone made this wonderful list for me. Um, I'm gonna look at it. Okay. What about? Uh, what about? Um, a, like a soundtrack because we didn't really talk much about music. No. There are three bands that you're going to choose who sort of provide the soundtrack to your life. You're, oh my you're, lord! You're, you're getting you know this is this is Lucy Davis's movie and there are these different moments. Maybe it's when you're falling asleep yeah. or maybe it's when you're yeah. not yeah. walking somewhere yes. or you yeah. know yeah yeah. I am crap with music. So much of my music is still from like the seventies. Uh, me too. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> um, I like a lot. Excuse me, I'm going to call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bring it. <coughs> Holding the microphone away. You did it. Very, it was very professional. Very <laughs> professional. <laughs> I mean, the cough was very unprofessional. I know. But your management was. of it was very professional. Um, I like a lot of Kate Bush. Yeah. I like this woman's work because in times when things are hard, there's a line that says, there's still a lot of life in you yet. Oh. And and I, I know really you've got a lot of strength me. left. Yes, yes. It's beautiful. And I, I um, often work in dog rescue, and um, a friend of mine who runs a, a, a dog rescue group, she often makes videos for new dogs that she gets in, and some of them, God, they're in terrible states. Yeah. We picked up a, a, a dog whose previous owner had had her voice box removed so that she didn't bark. Oh, my God. I mean, just... What vet does that? This is what I exactly. Wish to know. How is this not punishable That's by law? Shocking! And I'm worried about going to prison. Oh. And um, and she played that song over this one dog, oh. and I was like, oh. Then I blubbed. Of course. And I was like, there is a lot of life in you. Oh, <laughs> I get it. It's a beautiful oh, song. My God, it I is. love Kate Bush too. Yeah, she's I love fabulous. that whole album. That song, uh, lo- like love and anger, right? Even yes, that song, yeah, I always get yeah. like, it's just a, I get very inspired by that. Singer. Okay, so I've got Kate Bush slash. This um, I'm going to put Mr. Blue Sky in from ELO. Um, love it, just because it's the kind of song. Although I might change that. Oh, okay. Because so this is my guilty pleasure. I've never admitted to anyone. If I'm feeling low, the song guaranteed every time to cheer me up is The Lonely Goat Herd from The Sound of Music. Oh, every time. that's so great. It's ridiculous. I can play it in the car and I sort of wobble about a bit. Oh. And within minutes, I'm smiling. I love ridiculous. it. I love it. But it does cheer me up. I don't know how that fits into my life story. Well, at it, all. But there you go. It's certainly a good one. Now, that's <laughs> I. You can take away ELO and replace it with something else, or those could oh, be your three. Oh, let's three. Okay, yeah, that's perfect. Fabulous. And then, um, oh, is your call right at two thirty? Because it's like two twenty nine. Oh, that should be all right. Okay, yeah, okay. I said two thirty to three. Oh, okay, okay. So hopefully, should okay, come cool. to three. Okay, um, because we're getting close. Yeah. Um, how about? 
a sleep uh, you you've gathered some friends um i can only assume i'm among them now because this has been a joy <laughs> and you uh, and we have a sleepover someplace fantastic now the way the reason that this idea came up was that i was talking about this book i love called the mixed up files of miss from the mixed up files of mrs basil e frankweiler it's about two young kids who yeah. run away and start and live in the smithsonian i think mm-hmm. or the museum of natural history in new york Mm. So this is so we have a sleepover someplace that you wouldn't normally have a sleepover. That's sort of magical and extraordinary. Can I make it up a bit and yes. have elements of different things? Absolutely. In? So I love being like in Cabo, those kind of perfect, lovely beaches yeah. and sun and food and drink and stuff. But I love roller coasters, so I yes. think I would love there to be this fabulous roller coaster. Oh, that park. is wonderful. And then for some chill out time, I'm not very good at the whole massage meditation but if i meant to meditate the second i close my eyes my brain goes right what's shit yes and off i go so i can't do that i do love going around the national portrait gallery in london and i will say for the record i don't like museums it was only recently i started to be okay with the fact that i can visit a new city and not go to their museums you don't have to do that you don't know anyone that go to the right i don't even know the names you must go and see that and trot along and honestly i like the gift shop and the cafe and then i leave um but the national portrait gallery i love this is great that's a perfect second one give me one more um what have I just said? So the beach thing. We've got a, yeah, we've got a wonderful, magical kind of theme park that theme is park right the there yeah. out by the beach. That sounds and then we've divine. Got the portrait gallery. We've got the National Portrait um, Gallery. Where else would be great to hang out? Um, this I used to do quite a bit years ago, which is I would love to go to the cinema on my own in the day when it's really quiet. Love it. And I would take my cinema blanket... And Your cinema rug? My cinema rug. Thank mm-hmm. you. I, I changed it. <laughs> I changed it at last minute. I really appreciate for it. For American people. We've all come around to your way of doing things <laughs> now you. after all no this. No one knows what a blanket is now. <laughs> it's a rug. Um, and I would, <laughs> I would give the movie maybe 20 minutes. Yeah. And if I wasn't enjoying it, I'd pull the armrests up. I'd lie down and I'd have a, I'd have a little nap-naps. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that was my How probably soothing. more guilty of pleasure than the lonely goat herd. It, and if, if, so if I wasn't working and Snooze. it was a grey day, yeah, I would go. I'd love to sit and watch a movie. I'd probably have some popcorn. Yeah. And then once the popcorn was done, if I wasn't enjoying it, I wouldn't get up and leave. But I wouldn't suffer it. I love it. <clears throat> I love it. I just added popcorn into that. Okay, well, we've reached our final category. This Great. is... Uh, it wouldn't be mash if I didn't uh, throw this category in here for you. Yeah. Three guys, mm-hmm. uh, crushes, preferably famous people. Could be fictional famous people. Could mm-hmm. you can say Darcy if you want to, um, yeah. but uh, or something less cliched or something more cliched. Yeah, if, in fact, that's possible. One. But um, yeah, so three of those uh, because this is who you're going to end up uh, being with. Okay. Um, you see, I really am into all of those lovely period drama things uh, please i i yeah. they that is for me some and, and i know this is true for so many women which is why it's so lovely that you are, are part of this um you're part of this sort of phenomenon that women experience i'm sure people have told you this before but i have so many girlfriends who 
are like when something bad happens or they need to escape, they go to that pride and prejudice before they go to anything else to just feel okay and to just escape into that world. Mm. So it's very, it's, it's, it's part of the zeitgeist still. I think it is. Yeah. And in fact, one of my favorite characters, and now the name's just gone. It's um, Incense Sensibility and he ends up marrying Marianne. And he's played by Alan Rickman. Oh, God, that character. Colonel. Colonel Brandon. Brandon. Colonel yes, Brandon. Thank you. He's so, yeah. wonderful. And not the first Austin character you might go for. Yeah. But I might say Colonel Brandon. I love that and choice. And P.S., I will also say Alan Rickman. I agree. He's, are you? Are we putting Colonel Brandon and Alan and, Rickman? Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I don't know what this says about me, but when I saw him, I think I was first properly aware of Alan Rickman when... He, I can't remember if it was to do when he he did Kevin Costner, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, right? But also Die Hard, Nottingham. that was Die a big Hard. one. So I quite like the um, baddies. Me too. But he also was in uh, I don't know if it came out over here an English drama, one-off drama with Juliet Stevenson um, called Julie Madly Deeply. Yes, yes, yes. It did yeah. come out, and it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah that yeah. is a that is a forgotten movie that yeah. should be more perennial. It should. It was fantastic. Truly Madly Deeply. I'm writing it down that to remind myself. Me, earlier, when I told a story about how Rick and Steve used to threaten to replace me with, did I say Juliet Stevenson? No. Okay. You said Jessica. Jessica. Okay, good. I thought, oh, now I've used the wrong name. And the story won't matter. So I didn't need no, to tell you that. you said that. the right one. That's just <laughs> confusing. I just love Julia Stevenson too. Yeah. Okay, so I've got Colonel Brandon and Ellen Rickman. Love it. Love it. One okay. need one more. One more. I, I can't use Superman again. Um... Because uh, otherwise, I will commit myself. <laughs> but you could, <laughs> because I, I didn't actually give... I mean, listen... Um, you just have a couple. You have. You're gonna have one of his powers, but you know, sure, he's nowhere, yeah. rep- he's nowhere else represented. So I'm gonna have here. one of his powers. I don't need him really. I guess that's true. You know, <laughs> sisters are doing it Discard for themselves. Them. Discard them. <laughs> um, uh, God, who else? Steve Martin. Put him in. Love it. I used to want to marry him a bit. I really wanted yeah. to marry him, but then I moved down here, and I think it was after the whole Anne Hache thing, which is neither here nor there. It's delightful and fine but i think somewhere mm. along the lines it's probably not even true you hear things that you don't that you're based on nothing and someone said oh he'd probably really be into you because he loves younger blonde women ah. and i was so i was so hope. disappointed no i was so disappointed oh. because in my mind it would be like a long shot and it would be our emotional connection that would be so special uh. that like i didn't want to think oh i've already got a leg up because he likes my right. type right that made right, me feel right. so common that I was like, I guess I don't love him anymore. That's but now he's so very happily married to a wonderful writer. So and who's I, he married to now? Because I can't remember her name, Victoria but he's Tenet. yeah, he was married yeah. to her. And then and his, his 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 I think he's now married to another. She's another writer, as oh, he right, is a writer. Right, right. I think she might write for the New Yorker. I can't remember her name. Right. Yeah, but they yeah. they have a, like a very grown up, wonderful, nice. private, like oh, artsy life. That's nice. Um, it sounds like it's wonderful. However. But yes, alt universe Steve Martin from all of the movies that we love may yeah, in fact end yeah. up being your bow. Uh, yeah. I'm going to pause this for a second. Um, he does have slight a slightly pointy big toe. I guess I'm. I guess I don't disagree. He's also yeah. very hairy. Memory surfs. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a very fuzzy guy. Okay, here's what I'm doing. I'm creating a spiral. I need you to tell me when to stop. Okay. Close my eyes. Stop. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. Yeah. I'm pausing this and uh, in mere moments we will have the results. <laughs> <laughs> 
I want to say quickly that I am very satisfied with uh, a lot of this. There's some surprises in here. I, um, I don't know if your being satisfied is good for me or bad for me. <laughs> I think it's good. Okay. Um, I'm figuring out where to start. Okay. First, I want to you know what? I'm going to get this out of the way because it's the most intense thing, which right. is that of all the places to go back and observe or yeah. visit or change, you are going back to the North Korean labor camp. So Jeez-a-loo. you've got, uh, you've, it's going to be, that's going to be a challenge. Wow. I, I'll tell you what will come in handy though, is your x-ray vision. Okay. So I yeah. think you'll be able to get, you'll be able to make some real that headway is also by being specifically ironic because I'm quite blind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is going to come in very okay. handy yeah. indeed then. Um, so that's, I think that's very interesting. Wow. What I like is that you have a very, what to, to come back to, um, you have a very sensitive elephant. <laughs> Why who, is he sensitive? Because elephants I think are sensitive. Okay. Yeah. Aren't they sensitive creatures? Yeah. Like they're like, yeah. there's an unspoken, there's cause unspoken because elephants, by the way, can't speak English, sure. but there, I feel, I feel that you'll get, you'll, you'll have renewed strength after this experience right, right. by hopping on your elephant's back and prancing around from time to time. Right. Um, I, and also by the way, if you need to just kind of relax, mm-hmm. uh, after this experience, I want you to feel very welcome to join your girlfriends, which I'm including myself in, yeah. for a nice snooze at the cinema. Oh. We'll have some popcorn. Nice. We'll tell some stories. We'll watch a movie. If we get distracted, then it doesn't matter. And then we kind of curl up. Maybe you'll wait outside. There's no way that you can't remove the ceiling and lower the elephant <laughs> in because I know you want are not going to want to do anything without him. Um, uh, your vacation spot, whenever you want to go, is yeah. Cabo. Oh, fabulous. Uh, so although you didn't get your roller coaster at Cabo, you can be in vacationing in Cabo whenever you want. So you kind of okay. got both on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love the fact that your uh, soundtrack is Kate Bush based oh. and that this woman's work is coming up a lot, which I think is quite nice. wonderful. Um, and I've saved the two most exciting things for last. Yeah. And they do uh, nice. connect with each other. Yeah. Number one... Your best friend is Emma Thompson. Oh, my Lord. So I'm very excited because that means that I was also with (laughs) Emma Thompson when we hung out uh, at our sleepover at the cinema. And as much as we both love Alan Rickman, you did end up with Colonel Brandon. (gasps) Fabulous. Yeah. So you basically got Alan Rickman in oh, my this God. amazing I role. I love everything about all of those I except know. the Korean camp. I know. How, <laughs> you brought that on yourself. How the frig you brought that on yourself. do I get out of that one? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's up to you. You can observe it for 30 seconds. You could be there as long yeah, as you want, as yeah. short as you want. You could okay. just watch something happen or you could get involved. Knowing you, it sounds like you're going to get yourself involved, but this woman's work is never done. Maybe I'm going to have a chat. I know you've got a lot of life in you yet. Yeah, there you go. You're going to straighten it all out. Lucy, thank you so much for doing the podcast. That was so much fun. I'll give you this. Oh, thank you. Um, And and guys, we will uh, talk to you next time on the podcast. Thanks for listening. And that was the most official ending I've ever done. (laughs) Thanks for listening. This is Janet Vardy signing off. Thanks, Lucy Davis.
as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 